podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everybody and after a little bit of our extended winter break we are back with the latest edition of the Liver Birds. Um, I'm now flying solo for a while as your uh, standout host having um, allowed Ray to go and pursue her uh, fabulous career in Luxembourg. I think allow is probably a little bit of a stretch, um, but we know that she's doing fabulously well. Um, so I'm welcoming back uh, to the Live Bird stage this evening our regular contributors, Randy and Molly. And we have a new voice joining us uh, this evening, which is Leanne. Some of you may know her from the Writer's Pod, but I'll allow her to um, introduce herself to you now. Hi, Leanne. Hiya. So, yeah, I'm I'm the co-host of the Writer's Podcast, which you may have heard me on. Um, and I'm also a regular writer for the AI website itself. So, yeah, happy to be on and always nice to be on a new podcast. And it's lovely to have you and always good to have uh, new voices join us on Liver Birds. Um, so it's been a bit of a break for us. Uh, I think the last time we uh, got together and, and uh, did a pod for you all was a probably um, leading up to Christmas. So you'll be pleased to know we're not going to try and review all of the games that happened between then and now. Um, that might be a little bit of a, of a pointless um, exercise. But um, what we are going to do is we are going to start with um, our return to the knockout stages of the Champions League, uh, which was quite an introduction back, I think, with our with the uh, 5-0 result away at Porto. So let me start with Molly, because uh, she can finally talk to us properly. Um, so, Molly, it's been it's been a week or so um, since that infamous night in the Stadio de Luz. Um, what what were your reflections on that? Did where were you to to watch the game if you did in, indeed manage to see the game? Uh, yeah, I was just at home, but yeah, I just thought it was a really positive performance. And I think what was it Firmino said before the game? We want to make them suffer. Yeah, and I think we truly, they truly went out um, and did that. And I mean, you you never know what's going to happen, and, and you don't really want to um, discuss any kind of alternatives at the the return leg to Anfield. But I think we've given them such a huge, huge mountain to climb. Um, I'm not going to say it's safe. I'm not going to say that at all. Um, but to to go to a first leg. Um, I think Liverpool in any era to, to, as I say, to go to a first leg at this stage in the Champions League and absolutely, um, destroy the opposition is something that we're not really used to. Normally we're waiting for a nail bite up back home. Yeah, we, we used to, uh, we used to narrow one nils or two ones or nil nil draws and bring yeah. it back to Anfield to, to try and you know turn it over in the second leg um i mean randy I, you would like to think certainly that that a five nil away first leg win would be enough to to get you get you through to um the next stage but you're right we have got we have got a second leg um did, were you watching did you make notes of the game <laughs> well, no, I was actually looking through my book here and suddenly realised, of course, I was not watching. I was on the plane from London to Oslo. I've been ah. over doing a bit of work in London, so of course I couldn't see it. And I was very anxious beforehand because, as you say, Molly, normally we sort of look for, well, let's make this as crappy 1-1 or something or, or nail nail so we can make it at home. But then realising when I got off the plane... <laughs> It was actually 4 nil and won the comment, which is amazing. So having watched it back now, obviously, the uh, highlights, 
it was a bit of a bashing, wasn't it? It was a smashing. It was just, they were having none of this. They were not looking like they were ready for us at all. And uh, they were beaten. The only fear now is that we're actually going to believe we've beaten them <laughs> when they come back to us. But, but I certainly don't see it's going to happen anything else and we're going to we're going to go out of it and, and furthermore. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it's the, the sort of Liverpool supporter psyche at the moment, um, Leanne, but but I, I'm sort of on the page that I don't you know, I don't want to assume anything, even with a five nil lead, that um that we're automatically through. Um but but we've given ourselves a, a very good chance. I don't I don't know how you felt about the first leg. I was actually quite worried uh, about us going to Porto because Porto have got a really good um home record particularly in the champions league um and i knew that they had a a few players out but i was expecting it to be an actual really tricky game um and i think early on certainly porto did have a couple of chances and you know had they scored had they scored early with that chance you don't know but um i mean i don't know what what were your thoughts before before the game started leanne yeah, so coming into a game like that was always going to be difficult. And you look at Porto's run in the league as well. They're unbeaten. Um, they've been doing really well in the Champions League. And I think they'd scored one of the top set-piece goals. And that's obviously one of Liverpool's weaknesses. So there was that nervousness and that almost anticipation that this was going to be a very, very hard game. So to come out and win it, not just sort of win and get get the victory to go back to Anfield but to win it five goals to nil was was superb and puts out a real statement and you look at the goals we scored as well Salah phenomenal goal Messi-esque type with his close control before hitting the ball into the back of the net and and Mane back on form with three goals so it was pretty much the perfect performance and to get a clean sheet as well was a nice sort of send off for Karius um, but yeah, going into the game it, it was sort of nervousness as, as you expect for a Champions League game so it's it's nice to come out with, with a big, big win like that. And yes, of course, we don't want to be complacent, but Liverpool really, really should be progressing to the next round now. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I would say it would, it would, it would have to be a screw up of monumental proportions, both in terms of our own performance and, and whatever Porto did to not be able to, to progress. Um, but I do like the fact that I do think there was a little bit of a, of a statement of intent there um and certainly the the you know the uefa if you if you look at the uefa champions league um sort of twitter feed they're asking the question about do do we have the best front three in europe at the moment with um salah firmino and mané and and i think particularly with what happened in january with losing coutinho i think it it's um it's a it's it's a lovely thing actually that that doesn't appear to put us put us off off our stride at the moment. Um, and I'm not saying you know we I'm not saying we we don't miss having a player of that quality, but I think it's really interesting how we've been playing since he's gone. And I, I don't know whether you know uh, whether anybody has got a view on that. I just I think there has been a little bit of a tweak. To, to how we played um and maybe we'll come on to that but we we are I, I would like to think very nicely set up for the second leg um so so talking of the front three and particularly one of those front three which is um the the genius and madness that is Bobby Firmino um I don't know I I, I was kind of running out of superlatives um to talk about him and clearly um, in the in the last week or so, we've also had the the release of the FA statement in terms of the allegations made by um, Mason Holgate after the derby or during the derby. Um, let's let's start with you, Randy. What what were your um, what were your views in terms of the statements that came out uh, both from the FA, the club, and and the player after the allegations of um, racial abuse i think it's so uh, it took such a long time didn't it uh yeah. i was very surprised about that i mean how is that possible this guy uh, apparently of course you want to 
defend yourself, but you can't in a situation like that. And as uh, Klopp just said the other day, he's been um, he's been brilliant about it all, but calm about it, more talking about it, and all the rest of it. But you could see his statement when he could uh, clearly affected him a lot uh, emotionally and stuff. And you couldn't actually see that on the pitch. I think that's amazing. Uh, but I guess he's one of those, like Klopp said as well uh, yesterday, about you have to take him off the pitch. Because if you don't take him off, he's just going to train and play and train and play. So he's one of those focused guys. And uh, you certainly can't see it on his play these days. He's been amazing again, I think. And, and the funny thing, he's got three of those no-look goals now hasn't he as well <laughs> he is the player he sort of can't help himself sort of making it a bit more making a statement of everything and the way he celebrates as well i think he's such a joy to have in a team he's a, a the sort of mixture of a magni- magnificent player like a bit like a team here actually and at the same time the workhorse the sort of guy that doesn't need to shine but when he got the spotlight on him he definitely loves to be out it and, and do his thing. And I, I love that guy. Absolutely love him. And at the moment, I think I'm, I would miss him more than I do miss Coutinho because I don't actually miss him these days. The only time I miss Coutinho, uh, I guess you all uh, was thinking the same yesterday, where we get a free kick. And I think, who the hell is going to take that one? You know, Trent was there. Mm. I'd love him to take it. But, but except from that, I don't, really don't miss him. But, I think we would miss uh, Bobby a lot more. Yeah, I, it's it's interesting to me. I mean, I I I think he's he's clearly very good at compartmentalizing. I suppose, for want of a better expression, and um, when he's you know when he's playing football, he's he's utterly focused on that. Uh, you know, you don't know mentally what what an allegation like that can do to somebody and and you're right for some people it can it can be a heavy burden and you can and and they're unable to to deal with that and sort of you know operate in the same fashion but um Firmino just seems to have channeled it in completely um the right way and Leanne I know that there there's sort of quite a um a reaction on social media after the after the um, statements came out in terms of the investigation, what I don't want, um, I don't, well, I don't think any of us would want is for um, people not to come forward if they think something's happened. But I do sort of question the, the ability of the FA to, to look at these things in a, in a timely fashion. And I'm also a little bit, um, disturbed by the kind of the, the slight changing of the wording um, in terms of I don't I don't believe there was any evidence um, but and, and they had language experts and they had all the rest of it but the the statement I think was was subtly changed um, I mean do, do you think the FA did a good enough job or let me let me rephrase that Leon. do you what it what would you like to see the FA do more or less of if if this sort of case comes up again well I, I thought personally the club and the player themselves dealt with it really well um it's a very serious issue yeah racism and and with social media the way it is these days people are quick to jump on the bandwagon and sort of pa- paint their own stories of what happens there was talk of well Firmino did say this Firmino did say that you know Holgate's a liar there was you know infamous stories yeah. about every avenue possible and so it's hard to know what the truth is. So for me, you know, the fact that he doesn't let that get into his head and he stays calm and keeps quiet, that was really, really professional of him. Absolutely the right was really poor on their part, the, the way that they take so long to make a decision. And, and given the manner of the allegations and the severity of it, you have to be able to deal with it as quickly as possible. So, you know, it, it's hard for them in the sense that they've got to sift through evidence and they've got to find sort of one way or the other, absolute concrete decision making on whether or not it is racism. But you can't be this length of time because in in all of that time period there was sort of this cloud over his reputation and and for a player, yes, he's now been cleared, but you know, that's that's not fair on him and and it's not fair on Holgate who's now being accused of being a liar. I don't think that was the case. I think it was probably he just misheard. 
Um, but the FA have to deal with it a lot quicker in, in future. Yeah, I I mean, it would seem to me that with the resources that they've got available, um, that they would have a, I mean, I, this is my terminology, but they would have a first, a fast track unit set up kind of, you know, available and ready or to be, you know, convened, you know, as and when these types of, you know, allegations are made. Um, it would be interesting to see um, how quickly they deal with the one uh, the one made around Jay Rodriguez at West Brom by, I, I can't even remember who the other player was at this point, um, because it, it took, you know, I don't know how many weeks it took for Holgate. When was the derby? Derby was in December. So we, we're now um, pretty much at the end of February. And I think that's unacceptable. Uh, Molly, there, there, were, there was quite a lot of comment on on the media around, like it says, as Leanne said about, you know, Holgate should be charged and, um, you know, he's he's obviously a liar and he, you know, he did it to deflect the fact that he'd thrown Firmino in the stand and, and all of this thing. I mean, uh, you know, clearly you, you have um, an enemy in camp, as it were, <laughs> with, your, with your husband. Um, did, did you and he have any conversations about this? Is, it, it, what's, what's the sort of view from the other side of the park? Kind of. Um, like, he was in complete agreement that Hulkate was wrong for the, the shove. Like, that's like violent conduct. And, you know, you're looking at basically throwing someone onto fans. You know, you, you, you've no real idea of the damage you could do there. Um, but what Jack said to me, and I am in agreement with this, is that Holgate's reaction, um, Firmino says something and Holgate's reaction, like he is furious at something Firmino says. Now, you push on in the stance, so you already human over something because you've you know you've basically you know thrown someone so i i agree that holgate thinks something racist has been said mm-hmm. i i i think and you know give holgate the benefit of the doubt i think that because he was gen like you know it you know that was genuine fury i think but again you know holgate doesn't speak the language though you know Firmino was surrounded by people including officials and his mouth is clearly visible they were, they were talking of getting like um like professional lip readers in um so I don't think which they second, did apparently which they did they yeah so you've got all that evidence which supports Firmino's side but I don't think for a second Holgate should be punished for that because, and for the, you know, the simple fact, you don't want people to feel they can't come forward with these things. But. No. Firmino didn't, you know, as far as I'm concerned, there's no, Firmino didn't say it. They say anything racist because there's no evidence there. And what I don't like about what the FA did is that it took so long for a start. They interviewed, I don't know how many people it said they interviewed. They got these professional lip readers in and it took so long. And the wording of the statement is like, well, we couldn't find any evidence. It's not he didn't do it. It's not categorically he didn't do it. It's, well, we couldn't prove that he did it. And I don't think that that's right. I don't think, no. I think that almost leaves it lingering a little bit. And, I think so. And that's I, I the, don't that's think that, that that's okay. That, you know, that you're not, sit well with me. you're not innocent if you feel like it. It's, you can't prove I'm guilty, so I'm innocent. That's, that's it. And you know, no, I'm not, um, you know, that obviously is, the, and I thought the statement for Firmino was really classy. And he says in there, he himself has experienced racism and, so to be accused of that, if you've not done it, like you say, mm. it's quite a heavy burden on his professionalism as well. And so I think they should have, they really should have cleared, cleared it up as well as taking less time. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a sort of, you know, it's a C minus for the, for the FA on this. <laughs> 
um, in, yeah. terms, <laughs> in, ter- in terms of their overall. But, you know, leaning towards a D. Um, requires improvement. Uh, yes. <laughs> Can I say something? Of course. Uh, I wonder why wasn't uh, Holgate punished for that uh, pushing? Because that is dangerous behaviour. It's ridiculous. He was well, actually thrown into the stands. You know, he could have hurt himself badly. It's weird, uh, isn't it? Yeah. So I, um, I don't know why. I, I thought it was a clear and blatant foul. The referee was there and he saw it and he chose yeah. not to book him. So I, I don't know, Randy, is the, is the short answer, I guess. That will be a mystery that will never be solved. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, but what is brilliant about this is even with all of that um, hanging over him, um, Firmino has just been magnificent, um, culminating in, in him winning the uh, Player of the Month um, for, well, I guess it'd be February. Um, or was it January? Maybe it was a January one. What was the one we just announced he won the Player of the Month? Was that for January? Yeah, it must have been. Yeah, I guess so, because we haven't quite finished February, have we? <laughs> um, right. Okay, so, and, and very, very well deserved. Um, and has just been leading the line magnificently, which, which nicely brings us on to, uh, our most recent, uh, foray after our, uh, midweek break in Marbella after the, uh, Champions League game, uh, where I'm pleased to say we didn't steal any taxis. Um, so, <laughs> we, we come back to face the, the might of David Moyes and his footballing genius team of West Ham. So, uh, Molly, were you there yesterday? Yep, I was there. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> it was very really cold. It? <laughs> <laughs> I was absolutely freezing, but lots of jumping around. Um, <laughs> which definitely helped. You know, not not the best atmosphere of the season, but not bad. Um, but by by any any stretch. Um, and yeah, it city atmosphere, shall we say? No, no, not not there, but not um, as I say, not bad either. Um, and again, it was a really nice, positive performance as well, um, which was great. Um, and the one thing I think which kind of, you know, does lead directly from Porto is um, Mane. And I think that the goals he's got recently, like, is, and I don't, don't mean just his, his football, but like his whole demeanour is really, really positive. And I don't know if they show this on the telly, but when he, he got a bit of stick for copying Firmino's Kung Fu celebration. Yeah. Well, when, <laughs> when Firmino scored yesterday, not when, my, I know he did it when he scored, but when Firmino yeah. scored, he was chasing him doing the Kung Fu celebration. <laughs> <laughs> like, Firmino, like, Firmino didn't even do it. But so I just thought that was kind of, I mean, there was so many positive points, but I think the demeanor and the kind of positive play of Mane, um, and especially adding on to like the absolute whirlwind that is Salah and Firmino as well was just brilliant to see yesterday. That was my favourite thing from yesterday. <laughs> I, I love, I love the fact that he's he's copying Firmino's kung fu thing. And, it, and, and the fact that he's so got, someone's not... made a video montage, he does it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it was on it's, Twitter. It's also not very good at it, which also <laughs> means <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I, th- I think it's I think it's lovely. I think it's like a little homage um, to, to Bobby. Um, but but Leanne, let, let me let me turn to you on this. I mean, clearly, great performance, great result. Um, what was what? I mean, you know, Molly's talked about her favourite bit. What what were, what were your favourite bits out of um, the West Ham game? Yeah, so I, I was there too yesterday, and unfortunately, I've come away oh, with it by an annoying cold because it oh. was so so cold in the stadium, and I didn't have enough players on. Um, but it was worth it. It was a very very good performance, and as Molly said, you know, it, 
the the celebrations from Manny and Firmino, they'll always be hilarious. Um, I've seen that montage actually on Twitter, and it's a great watch. So you should definitely look for that. Um, but for me, I thought Robertson and Trent were really, really good down the flanks. Uh, they put in some great mm-hmm. deliveries. And actually, we probably should have scored, you know, six or seven goals in the end. Um, Salah missed a couple. Firmino missed a couple. Manning had that really bad miss as well in the second half. Uh, Robertson almost scored from across. So there are a lot of chances. Um, but Firmino, for me, he, he was a standout player um, as well. Just the way that basically I, I see people say on Twitter, you know, He's not just part of the system, but he is the system. And it hits the nail on the head because he's he's yeah. so relentless in the press. Um, he's so creative. Yeah. And, of course, his finishing has really improved this season. And he's got his uh, best goals tally, well, level with his best goal tally at Hoffenheim. So you know, we, we're on a, over 100 goals for the season now. So that just shows how good we are under Klopp. Um, and I thought everyone was really good. Oxley chamberlain the way he basically force his way through five or six West Ham players before getting it across to Salah. It was all really, really good and it all came together and, it, it, you know, it was a good win and put, it put us in second place. Unfortunately, we're not there really anymore, but um, that was a nice bonus too. It it was, and it was it, but it was important that we got the points in order, even if we were only going to be in second temporarily to, to sort of echo um Klopp's view. So, Randy, what what do you what do your match notes say? What is it? What has it got in your book? Did you did you manage to see the game? Yeah, yeah, I did, and uh, I'm a bit I'm having a bit of a cold uh, on my own, so I'm just sitting there trying to get ready for next weekend, which is going to be even colder. Well, this <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I can't well, wait to be say, there. We're trying to make you feel we're trying to make you feel at home, Randy. Well, I'm so happy <laughs> for it. Just the lacking a bit of snow. But, well, the thing is, um, I was there. I was using my book. I was making the notes. And there was a lot of, you know, yes, 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 screaming, shouting, hearts and stars all over it. But I think summing it up, it's that Carriers was very good as well. The funny thing about him these days is that he seems to save the impossible ones and let the easy one go by him. But he was just unlucky on that that goal, I think. And uh, for not talking about all the people you've been talking about, because I think Trent and Robertson was amazing. I think we got the best uh, fullbacks in in the league. But I also think that it was very very nice to see Milner, because when I saw him, when I saw that uh, starting lineup, I thought, well. Uh, Ox, okay, give him a chance then, because I don't think he was good in the last match, and then Milner, okay, well, let's see what happens. And to me, Ox was off in the first half completely. He was mm. brilliant in the second. He's an, it was like just somebody had turned his button or something. But Milner, he was there <laughs> from the very start. He was absolutely on it and at it, and you know, he was very difficult to play. And uh, he's got one or two assists from that match. Again, every time he starts, he gets assists. That's amazing, isn't it, of that old man? And he doesn't even look old. He is just <laughs> very positive. I'm amazed by him. So keep him in there. You know, why not? Well, um, it's, yeah, he he's, um, he's having, well, I don't know if it's fair to say a renaissance, but he certainly, yeah. he's the leading assistant. In the in the Champions League knockout, he heads the list. I think with six assists in yeah. the Champions League. Um, you're right. He, you know, I, I think he, I think he played leading role um, against West Ham, but but he's incredibly consistent for us in the Champions League games as well. Sorry, I interrupted your thought process, Randy, didn't I? But that was my takeaway anyway. I think, uh, and of course, when you look at Salah's 31 goals, uh, he's at the same as Suarez had his, in his best uh, season with us, and that was a whole season. So um, just looking at it from um, from our point of view, going further, I, I, I just think we're there. My only concern, of course, is that uh, we're going to, not having found who's going to take our free kicks and who's going to take our, our penalties. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen there. But I think we need somebody doing that or somebody needs to, to practice doing that anyway. Uh, do you want to talk about charm? Um, 
I think that, uh, that I think that's quite an interesting one because I think you saw you saw the, the encapsulation of Emre Chan in that game mm-hmm. um, in terms of the balls that he put over the top, um, the assist that he got for the goal, um, some amazing stuff um, that he did in midfield and he also I I hold him responsible for the goal uh, for getting tackled um, and giving away yeah. the ball when there was a simple pass on which actually left um, I think it was Robertson out of position uh, um, or wh- whoever was on that side for um, Valencia and uh, Mikel Antonio to um, run in and score it left us really exposed and I so uh, that that for me is sort of him in a nutshell. I do think he's a, a good player, but I also think he 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 has that in his game. And uh, I will. I think he's. I think he's a good member of our squad. And I would be sorry to lose him if he goes, particularly if he goes on a free. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Cater coming in I, I I trust Klopp will have a view as to a replacement if we do lose him but but yeah let's talk about Chan I mean that 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 was my sort of take on it from from the game he he seems to divide opinion very much uh, does our Emre so what do you want to say about him Randy well I think you're absolutely right and I think that's why it's so difficult to say Either, you know, I, I love him, uh, I don't know what to do with him, or I hate him, because he does everything in one match, like yesterday. That opening goal, that is so vital for that game. And uh, he does it in a brilliant way, and then then later on he has assists. He is strong, he is making trouble, but sometimes he just is too, it takes too much time on the ball. And like he said himself after the match, in an interview, I should have passed or something like that. And I think, yeah, you should have passed almost all the time. But at the same time, he does brilliant things. I don't know what to make of him. And right now, I'm sorry to see see him go. At the same time, I'm sure that Kato or somebody else can do the same things. I'm not I'm not quite sure about it. Oh, would you be sorry to see him go, Molly? Or do you, are you are you thinking he's not kicked on enough um, since we've had him? I mean, do you have a view? Yeah, he can be quite a mixed bag. I'd, I would be sorry to see him go because I think he often does more positive than than negative, and he can really make massive contributions to a game. But like you say, somebody else could do that job if we were to get somebody else in. So, and you, you don't want to, you know, it's no good having players there that don't want to be there. I think that could potentially you know, cause for worse situations. So as long as, we, you know, we're building the squad as we have been, then, yeah, I, I don't want to see him go. I definitely don't want to see him go on the free. But yeah. I, I wouldn't be as sad as I was when Cortinho went, say. <laughs> so, you know, it's... But I think just kind of in line with that, with this idea of him going, I think what's been really... And probably added to the positivity of the team and the, the fan base recently is you've got Firmino coming out saying my contract's still 2020 and I'm definitely staying till it, like at least then. You've got Salah saying he wants to win the league with Liverpool. He wants to, you know, win it with this club. So I think I don't know whether that swayed me as well because we've got players who I think are more valuable to us coming out in interviews saying, no, no, you know, we're here mm. for a while. Yeah. Um, which is really nice, especially after, as I say, the Coutinho saga. Um, it, it's great to hear those players say that. But I, I'm i not sure, to, to be fair to Chan, um, Leanne, that, that he's ever actually said that he wanted to leave. I'm not saying that means he won't go. But I I don't think I've heard him come out and say that he didn't want to be at the club. Um, and I also I think whilst you know he he can his performance overall can be a bit of a mixed 
bag. But I don't know if that's if that's an unfair reflection on him because I think ultimately every player has a mistake in them in every game. But I don't think you could say he's played without commitment to the cause. I mean, is is he a player that exercises you? Um, when does it does he ever come up in conversation on your writer's pod? He does a lot, actually, mainly because my co-host Tom is, you know, obsessed with him. Um, <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he, he loves him. Um, but I think Emery Chan, he's a hard one because he's never going to sort of be the shining player in a team such as this because of the brilliance of, you know, the front three and obviously Virgil Van Dijk coming in is the most expensive defender. So. They they take a lot of plaudits and stuff at the moment, but Emery Chan put in a really really good shift yesterday. Um, and, and as you said, he's not a player that sort of sulked around and said, you know, my contract hasn't been sorted out. I want a release clause, but I'm not getting one. I'm not being paid enough. Whatever the issue is, he's not sulked around. He's not refused to play. He's not faking an injury like Coutinho did, and mm. he's just sort of got on with it. And that's why Klopp has come out so many times now and said. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with Emery, but he's putting in these performances where he can be relied upon. And so if he's doing that, I don't think anyone can really have any any issues with him. Um, of course, it'd be sad to see him go. He's a very good player, um, however inconsistent he can be sometimes. I think he, he, he's he got so much to offer, and especially to be going on a free, that's sort of a really killer blow. Um, hopefully we sort something out, but it, it, it does look likely that he's going to leave, yeah. Um, but, you know, if it comes to the end of the season, we get top two, hopefully. Um, we do well in the, the rest of the Champions League and, and Chan is a, a key player in that, then at least he'll go out on the high. Yeah, I, I, for me, it's the thing about diminishing of the squad so, or potential diminishing of the squad because um, I truly do think we are building something quite special. Um I think, you know, some of our fan base seem, you know, willfully disinclined to uh, recognise the progress that we've made um, from the point that, um, you know, Klopp came in and the fact that he he only wants the players that he wants um, and the ones that he believes will fit the profile and, and all of the rest of it. So, um yeah, it's interesting um, about Emre. I, I look, I've I've been proved wrong on plenty of things. I'm not a hundred percent convinced it's a done deal that he's gone. If I'm honest, um, I wouldn't be surprised. But by the same token, I, I I don't think the door is I don't think the door is closed. So. You know what? If he's still here next season, I think that will be that will be a bonus for us. But I, I do have faith that uh, Klopp has a plan. So if we lose him, there will be somebody else um, lined up. Um, and also because if we do as well as we we believe and we hope that we're going to do this season, we're going to need that squad next season. And we're certainly going to need all the players that we've got. Um, over the coming few weeks, we've got a busy March uh, coming up. Um, Randy, you will obviously be here next weekend um, yes. to, to see the mighty Reds take on uh, Rafa and uh, the his Geordie faithful now. Um, so let's let's look ahead to to the sort of forthcoming game. So clearly. Um, Newcastle is the is the first up. What do we what do we think? I mean, Newcastle have become a bit more solid in the in the last few weeks. They've picked up points. They've certainly um, you know picked up some wins and draws. By the same token, they probably feel like they dropped a couple of points uh, yesterday with the draw against um, Bournemouth. Are are we feeling confident? in terms of uh, Rafa's return. Um, Leanne, let's start with you on that one. Yeah, I mean, as you said, Newcastle have improved lately. Um, so I don't think it will be maybe as a routine game as, as, as it could have been. But at the same time, I think we've got to a stage where we've become a lot better against sort of weaker teams in this league. And, and yesterday showed that. And with the fluidity of our front three, 
Uh, we've Van Dyke in the back now as well. We're a lot more solid. Uh, the fullbacks are performing well. We've got Emery Chan in the middle, as we just talked about, Oxlade-Chamberlain. We've got a lot of steel about us. And, and while we're on this run and have this good momentum, I can't see Newcastle being able to stop us. Um, that being said, I don't think it's going to be sort of a 5-0. I think they will frustrate us. Um, but sort of, as Klopp said in his post-match press conference yesterday, if Karras makes 20 saves and, and we score one goal, so be it. We get the three points and that's all that matters at this stage in the season. It's weird, isn't it? We're, we're literally, we're down to 10 games. I don't actually know where this season has gone already. There's just, there's just 10 games left. Um, Randy, you'll obviously be excited because you'll physically be here to, uh, to watch us at Anfield. And I know you and Molly are making plans, uh, which I'm sorry I can't be part of. Have you got, have, have you got a, a a view in your head about how you think the game's going to go? Do you agree with Leanne or do you have a different view? No, I completely agree with Leanne. I think it's going to be uh, harder than yesterday and I think it's going to be uh, a good defence and I also think it's going to happen a lot in the midfield and sometimes we seem to be stronger in, at least these days, defence and attack than our midfield. So I certainly hope they're up for it and... Uh, we might have to be patient and, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely take a 1-0, even though I'd love to see five goals at Anfield, but <laughs> I'm sure he's not going to be that keen. So it's going to be exciting, though. And it, as well, it's going to be interesting to see Rafa, although at the wrong place, at the... Yeah. <laughs> well, in the wrong dugout. At the right place, wrong dugout. Maybe. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. But don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to replace Kit with No, 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 uh, you should not. <laughs> um, Molly, is, is John Joe Shelby going to come back and haunt us? <laughs> I hope not. What was that, sorry? And or off at the same time. I said he's either going to score a worldie and or get sent off at the same time. That's right. Uh, maybe both. Who knows? Um, yeah, that that would be Shelby. Classic Shelby. Yeah, classic Shelby. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think like, I think it'll be quite um, a feisty game, maybe. Um, especially especially uh, in the midfield, and we're, we're definitely going to need some of the uh, stronger um, boys there. Um, to kind of to kind of deal with that, I think I think defensively, like you say, we've been really really solid, and I, d- I don't know if it's kind of uh, with Trent and Alexander Arnold whether because of players coming back into the team or potentially coming back into the team mm. soon, that's like is that heaped a bit of pressure on? Are we seeing like the best? Are they fighting for their place? Um, I don't know, but it's brilliant. Whatever the reason is. Um, well, I, think, they are, and I, I, think I don't that, know whether that's what and, that, and whether kind of seeing that kind of mentality and maybe also a bit in midfield as well and I think dare I say it massive and loving especially are, are playing a bit better and again is it is it that pressure of not, not a guaranteed start or anywhere but it's much better mm, I don't um, it's, it's interesting it, it yeah. is. It is better. It's definitely better. Um, I feel I mean, like we I'm had, about yeah. to jinx it, so I don't want to say too much. Yeah, it's okay. not too good. Right. It's not too good. No, <laughs> that's, that's it's, fine. it's an improvement, definitely. And so when we're coming up against, you know, um, Southampton the other week, um, which I was lucky enough to be there, um, West Ham yesterday, like we're, we're holding it together in a much more composed way. And so I, I'm, I'm not dreading next weekend. Okay. And I think with our front three, you know, we've, we've kind of gone, I've harped on about them a little bit, this, this pub ball thing. And, and like you say, I'll take whatever, whatever score, I'll take it. And, and Rafa's a great um, tactician. He'll set them, set them up in a way to kind of, obviously quell that but I think we'll do it this weekend I'm, I'm not nervous I am a little bit nervous but not <laughs> terrified <laughs> <laughs> well that's good that that is good <laughs> I, I I think that um the thing 
the thing for me is that we we've got we have the firepower, we have got the ability to beat teams like Newcastle. We just have to make sure that we perform. And I I think Klopp has got us in a way. I I think the squad looks so tight now. I think that little you know three or four days in Marbella has really added something to in terms of that really tight squad mentality. Um, I also think that, you know, they're managing Henderson in terms of his return from injury. I probably expect him to be in the midfield against Newcastle. I expect him to come back. I know that Ings um, was ill and also somebody else, I forgot. Uh, but I think, I think that, I think he will bring a different sort of energy to midfield. And I think he's probably, that's the type of energy we need against Newcastle. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to the game, even though I can't go and I, I probably won't be able to see it because I'll be watching athletics, but never mind. Um, but we, we then have Porto, the second leg um, a home against Porto, and I will actually be there for that. So I am looking really? forward to that. Yes, Ooh. yes, I, I've, oh, I've nice. organised my work um diary to allow me to um to attend so i will be in liverpool on the tuesday to see to see the second leg um and then we go to man u at old trafford so and that's the that's where i think it it, it will get really interesting i'll have another champions league game if we get past porto and i i can't remember what, what the next dates for the for the knockout round are if we get through but the big one for me is the is the old trafford game and i think with the results uh today with spurs winning and with manu beating chelsea which i have to say i'm slightly surprised about that that looms ever bigger in in our view in my view anyway and i i guess it's it's um it's probably one of the more important games we've had against Man U with it meaning something to both of us other than bragging rights. So I don't know. Do you think, do you think with this win against, um, Chelsea Mourinho's got any of his, um, magic back because his recent record against the kind of top six sides has been pretty miserable or was it just Chelsea didn't execute on the day? I mean, did, did, um, uh, Molly, let's go back to you. Did you um did you see any of the the Man U Chelsea game? I mean, I was out. I, I and I don't have Sky anyway, so I wouldn't have seen it. But but I was sort of picking bits and bobs up along the way. Did you manage to see any of it? I saw bits. I didn't sit and watch it, but it was kind of on in the background. Mm. <laughs> I wouldn't say he's got his magic back. From what the little bit that I saw, it, it wasn't like a riveting game. And I think mm. that uh, we've got what it takes to beat them. And I think even if Mourinho parks the bus, I think the kind of way we've been playing recently, and that's not just the front three. I think going back to what Leanne said before about like Robinson and Alexander-Arnold getting down the wings, um, can putting in a good shift yesterday. I think there just there just kind of seems to be a bit more to the team. And so I think, as I say, even if he sets up to get a draw or to pick off a 1-0 win on the break, I think we've got more in the bag than the last time we played them. And so I, you're always nervous going into massive games like that, especially because it's probably going to, it could potentially mean second place. Really, these three points are yeah. so vital, so important. But I think Klopp holds it together much more than Mourinho does. And so if it gets to that and a massively high pressure situation, my money would be on Jürgen. That's good. I hope I don't regret saying this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You. I, I, my ideal result from today would have been a draw. Yeah. And some straight <laughs> edge. <laughs> have, have, have the courage of your convictions. We'll be fine. Don't <laughs> yeah. worry. Um, but, <laughs> but um but Leanne, I, I was I was hoping for a draw, if I'm honest, between Man U and Chelsea. But is is ultimately a, a Man U win as much as I don't ever want Man U to win, does that give us a little bit more breathing room in terms of the top four? Um and in, in terms of um 
the the game we've got against them, does it sort of set it up even better for us, if you like, in a couple of weeks' time? Yeah, I think so. And obviously a draw would have been the preferred result. But at the end of the day, a United win, however annoying it is, um, that means that Chelsea sort of stay a bit out of the picture and Man U are only two points ahead of us. So we'll go into that game sort of really wanting to, to beat them and to go ahead of them again. Um, and, and as we said earlier about Newcastle, Rafa Benitez is a great tactician um, and Jose Mourinho will be the same. They'll both, it will be sort of similar games in the way that they'll both look to frustrate us and stop that fluidity. But I think, um, as has been said, we've got enough about us to beat Man U and, and because of the way the table is at the moment, there'll be that extra incentive to get one up on them and, and to go back into second. I think I think that game's going to be really interesting because I think it will be uh, fundamentally when we get to Old Trafford, assuming that everything is the same as it is now in terms of positions and all the rest of it. It will be, in my view, football versus anti-football because I, I I've never seen such a kind of agitated fan base in terms of Man U. Uh, supporters who actually um, don't like the football that they're playing. Now it's it's quite interesting because you you talk to some of the older Man U fans who go you know between whatever it was 1970 and 19 um, I don't know was it 1994 or something you know they were pretty much rubbish you know they won bugger all for sort of 25 years or something. Um, and they're sort of the same, you know, the, the, the Ferguson, uh, era, that generation don't, don't remember the time when they were rubbish. Um, and, and they weren't winning anything. Whereas, you know, they're now saying, well, we may be playing rubbish football. We're, we're still managing to win stuff. And I, so I think it will be a real contrast of styles. Um, again, when we, when we played them at Old Trafford, um, I went to Old Trafford last season. I won't, I won't be going this season. And that was, that was the first time I'd gone for about 10 years. Still a horrible place in my view, but we were very, we were very unlucky not, not to come away with the win in my view last year. In fact, I can still see, um, I can still see that. I could still see that gaping miss by Jeannie Ronaldo last season at Old Trafford. Anyway, um, let's move on because that's that's a very painful memory. Um, but I am I am very hopeful. I will never say confidence at this point against the scum because I've had my hope ripped away too many times. But I am but I am hopeful about that game in a few weeks' time. So. Um, I was going to mention the Alface twat, but I've decided I'm not going to because I don't want to give him any more publicity. <laughs> um, and I don't want to go back to that very dark period where he was briefly our manager. Um, what I do want to ask very briefly before we, we finish this uh, latest pod is if we manage to finish the job against Porto, and we go into the, the quarterfinal, we get into the quarterfinal knockout stage. Who would you like to draw? Um, I think we can safely assume that Bayern Munich are through. We can safely assume Man City are through. Don't know about Barcelona and Chelsea yet. Um, I think we can safely assume Real Madrid are through. Um, Shakhtar perhaps. Um, so if, if you, if you had, a, if you had a choice, um, of any of the ticket, and, and I will work, work on the premise that whoever you pick will, will be in the knockout stages. Who would, who would you like us to have in the quarterfinals of the Champions League? Uh, Randy, let's start with you. I would like to meet Real Madrid. I'm not quite sure they're through yet, so, but I'd like to meet them, beat them. Okay. And of course, later on, meet, uh, Barcelona in the final and beat them. That'd be good. Okay. <laughs> that would be, that would be lovely. That would be, that would be delightful. Yes. Um, Leanne, so, so, if, you know, you get who you want in the quarterfinal. Who would you like? Um, like? I, I'd, I'd be slightly less daring and I think I'd go for Shakhtar purely because out of all the names, I think they're the ones that sort of strike the least fear into me. 
Um, and obviously we want a big crunch clash with the likes of Real Madrid or Barcelona. But I think if we can get through past the, the next round by playing someone like Shakhtar or, or if it's Roma that progress um, in that tie, then mm-hmm. then we go to, to Real Madrid or someone like that. And I mean, if Barcelona in the final, beating them would be quite funny. But let's not count all our chickens yet. No. no, 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 no. That's fine. I was, I was only talking about the quarterfinal <laughs> draw. Randy took us to the final. Sorry. So, about that. Molly, that's fine. Molly, who would you, who would you like in the quarters? I think at this stage, I think I'm definitely with Leanne. Um, okay. Yeah, to kind of, um, yeah, I'd love to. Like, obviously, we all want to progress. Yeah, and now I'd, I'd take take it because I think um, they're saying that we have a very good track record with with big teams or bigger. I'm air quoting. I don't know why no one can see me. Um, bigger teams <laughs> in the in, in the, uh, in the Champions League, and I think at this. And to be honest, just you know, watching us at the minute. Like, it's really hopeful, and so, not that I'm not bothered, but I think we could definitely give give anyone a good run. Not saying we could beat anyone, but we could definitely give anyone a good run. Yeah. Um, so, I I have to say I disagree with you slightly, because I think we can beat anyone. Um, I genuinely do believe the way that we are currently playing, that we can beat anyone. Um, I think... Um, on but I would, and and the likelihood is it probably will be Real Madrid. But if PSG managed to turn it round, I actually quite fancy taking on PSG, mm. um, and going to Paris and uh and I I don't think I would physically be going to Paris, but um taking on Neymar and Cavani and all the rest of it, and I think I think we'd give them a hell of a game, actually. Um, but. I, I think we, I, I think there is latent memory there. Um, I don't know, in terms of our pedigree in Europe. And I think the bigger the team, I, I do agree. I think the bigger the team, the better we are. So, so that's why I would, I'd be slightly worried about, bizarrely, I'd be slightly worried about Chattard and Nets because I think we might mentally relax a bit. Whereas if we had a PSG or a Juve or, you know, Man City, whatever it might be, I think we would be properly set up for it. So I don't know, mate. That's my, that's my kind of sort of psychology on it all. I think, I think we work better when we've got a bigger challenge. Yeah. I think it's something about the English teams as well. I, I really don't want to meet them. <laughs> no, I'm with you. Rather I somebody don't else. fancy an English team. No, not at all. No, I, I, what I'd really like is I'd like Juve to put Spurs out and um, I would like Barcelona to put Chelsea out. Let's face it, Man City are not going to be overturned by Basel after no. a, five, a 4 nil aggregate lead. It's not going to happen. Um but, uh, and, and the other one, obviously, it would be great for Sevilla to knock United out at Old Trafford. Um, so if we could have that, and then we're just <laughs> left with Man City, um, and then we'll take on whoever else is, is left. So that, that works for me. I think that's a, I think that's a good outcome. Um, so I think that at one. that point, yeah, <laughs> I think <laughs> at that point, we will, uh, <laughs> We'll we'll draw we'll draw a line having having ensured that all pretty much every other English team has gone out of the Champions League. I think that's a, that's a very good point to to finish on. Um, it's lovely to be back, ladies, and it's great to talk to you all again. It's been too long since our last live of birds. Leanne, thank you so much for coming on and joining us as we as we reconvened. Um, we look forward to doing this all again uh, much more sooner. Well, that's terrible English, but much more quickly than we did <laughs> last time round. Um, and to bring you another one. But but thank you for bearing with us and uh, enjoy listening. Thank you, everybody, and we will talk to you again soon. Bye bye. Life goes on day after day
Sports Social Podcast Network.